And that sound means it's time for us to go to work. Welcome to the Give Us the Dirt podcast powered by Hoopod Grading Company. My name is Brandon Lindsay and I am your host today. So if you're going to dig dirt for a living, you've got to have the right tools. Since 1926, Carolina Cat has provided the equipment for the jobs the construction industry needs to move heaven and earth, but mostly earth. 95 years, if my math is right. That's a lot of history right here in our area, and they're still growing. Mike Trocha has worked with Caterpillar Equipment since graduating from NC State, starting as an industry rep, then becoming a regional sales manager for rentals in Florida while also getting his MBA. Ten years ago, Mike came home to the Carolinas, where he's currently the vice president and general manager for Carolina Cats Construction Division, and he is sitting with us today in the podcast studio. Welcome, Mike. It is an honor to have you with us today. Thank you, Brandon. It's an honor to be here as well. And uh, when Caroline reached out and and gave me an opportunity to come, I was super excited. I I had a chance to watch Brian's kind of inaugural uh, inaugural, um, podcast and uh, having a little bit of prior exposure to what a podcast is, I was blown away. So it's an honor to be here. I just appreciate the opportunity and uh, look forward to the conversation. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for listening too, Brian. Uh, he set the bar high, but you're gonna you're gonna crush it today, yeah. Mike. So, yeah. well, so if you've listened, then you know how we start these things. And we start by instead of asking you to introduce yourself, how would your wife introduce you to a group of people that uh, that don't know who you are? What would she say about you? She'd probably say, you know how I my husband says I'm the better half. He's right about that. That's how that would start. <laughs> She would confirm it. She would confirm it, first and foremost. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being with us. We're going to start. I want to do this a little bit different. I want to start by, we want to talk about the company first, and then we're going to come back, and I want to hear your story, because you've got a really unique and and great story. Uh, So let's start with the company. So you've got three companies. You've got Carolina Cat, you've got Carolina Tractor and Equipment, and then you've got Caterpillar. How does all this fit together? How does it work? Now, I'm glad you asked. So, so CTE, um, our enterprise serves several key industries. Um, our main ones are material handling. So this is all about supporting manufacturing, distribution, warehousing. Um, that's one industry. The other industry that we serve is the energy industry, and that's, that's power generation. It's standby power. And then the third industry that we serve is the construction industry, the industry that, that, that really we're, we're most familiar with. So to serve those industries best, CTE is organized into several go-to-market businesses, go-to-market operating divisions. One of those divisions is our Lift One business. Lift One is the material handling supplier into this manufacturing and distribution industry. And for that business, we're a Heister and Yale distributor. So supporting our, our other two industries, our power generation, our construction industries, we're organized into Carolina Cat, and that's our go-to-market brand that really, really is all about construction and power generation. And those two businesses are our power systems division and our construction division. Construction is the business that I have the, 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 the um, fortune of leading, and it's really the business that you're most familiar with and the business that works the closest with Hoopa Grading and um, our, our customer base within the construction industry. And for, for both of our Carolina Cat businesses, Caterpillar is our primary brand. And of course, we have what we call allied brands that, that are also adjacent products that support this industry. Got it. 
Got it. And so Carolina Cat is the distributor for Caterpillar, which is a global organization. And there are how many distributors? Exactly. Uh, So Caterpillar globally has over 150 uh, distributors. So over 150 Carolina Cat type of businesses that, that serve customers across the world. And in North America, there are about 40 of them. And we serve North Carolina, the western half of the state, so from Greensboro up all the way up to Asheville and um, kind of this, this western North Carolina footprint for our Caterpillar business. That makes so much more sense. Thank yeah, you for explaining that yeah, because I've, I've known the companies, but I didn't yeah. know how it all fit together. And so thank you for walking us yeah, through that. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And I want to talk about the size of that because we all know Caterpillar. We all know um, everyone's familiar with the equipment. It is a global organization, but you guys, one thing that you always hear about uh, your company and the Caterpillar Network is service and how well of a job you guys do with servicing your client, making each client feel special, regardless of the size and scope of this organization. How do you manage to do that with such a huge organization? Yeah, and, and you're right. You know, Caterpillar is a global brand and it's a global manufacturer. And uh, being the largest uh, product manufacturer in the world simply just gives Caterpillar the resources, the ability to continue to invest in research and development and just making the best product. But then there's the customer, right? And then how do we get close to our customers? How do we best support our customers? And as you mentioned, Caterpillar distributes through over 150 dealers like ours worldwide. In North America, there are over 40. And, and we, of course, represent the Caterpillar brand and some, some other um, allied brands within the Western North Carolina market. So, so the way we think about it is it's really our job to be the local dealer, to really understand our customers, to really form partnerships and relationships with our customers. And while Caterpillar has been making products for a long time, Carolina Cat has had relationships with customers in the local community, some spanning the multiple generations that our company's been around for. So it's really our ability to understand our customers, form relationships, and be a trusted partner uh, that we're all about having the the scale and the infrastructure that a global OEM brings to us. Um, and as we think about the dealer network, there are a lot of other dealers like ours, and, and really it's it's how we work with those dealers and the standards that we commit to that make us who we are and, and our network what it is. So is that the secret sauce, Mike? Is it, it the relationships? I mean, you guys, you, 95 years you're celebrating this year, which congratulations, by the way. That's amazing. So is what is that secret sauce to the longevity and the sustainability of an organization like that? Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think the relationships are a big part of it. I think our people are, are another big part of it. And as we think about uh, how we go to market and, and how we support our customers, we, we have two primary um, avenues for supporting customers. One is our, our assets. It's the investments that we make in our equipment, in our facilities, in our infrastructure. And the other is our people. Um, our people ultimately deliver the value to our customers. And, and part of that is the secret sauce. And and I'm sure we'll get into a little bit about, um, you know, some of the work that we, we have been doing and we are going to continue to do to stay relevant and continue to be a trusted partner to our customers. But ultimately, the secret sauce is, is, is our relationships. Um, but what stands behind those relationships is our people and the manufacturers that we represent and the, the investments and choices we make and how to do that best. Well, and that's clear with uh, with you, you guys do a great job of investing back into your people. But uh, that was a great segue to the next question. Tell us a little bit about uh, how are you going to stay relevant? How do you continue for 95 years staying relevant, staying on top uh, in the construction industry? Yeah, 
No, it's a, it's a great question. Um, so we recently updated what we call our core ideology, which is our vision, our purpose, and our values. And I could talk about this uh, for hours here, but uh, I know our, our time is uh, our time is limited. So as we think about our vision, this is where we're going. And, and we redefined our vision to be pretty simple and pretty succinct. Um, and our vision is to be a trailblazing company that's built to last. So as we think about what does trailblazing mean, if you, if you, if you, if you think about the, the literal translation of it, it's to go where trails have not been blazed, right? It's to go where we may need to t- take some chances and, and, and screw some stuff up. But it's really, it's all about how to be innovative and how to, to help ourselves and our customers and our industry remain relevant. And, and, and that's what we're excited about. And that's one of the reasons that, that we think we will continue to you know, provide innovative stuff into the industry and to our customers to stay relevant. And then there's the built to last piece, right? And that, that's the piece that really speaks to our, our history and our past and how we think that's going to help us get to the future. And built to last is all about making sure that we're building for sustainment. Um, Ed, our, our owner, has a, has a, has a, a term that I think is really, really um, meaningful, and that's stewardship. And stewardship means leaving something better than you found it. And, and as we think about built to last and a lot of the work that, that we do and in, in, in developing our own capabilities and supporting our customers, this, this built to last concept is one of the ways that we ensure that, you know, the, 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 the trails we blaze um, are backed up by substance and staying power. And um, that's one of the ways that we, we also want to continue to remain relevant. What a great vision statement. That is, uh, were you part of coming up with that? Uh, it was a team effort uh, led by Ed, our, our uh, CEO, our president. And uh, I think it's, it's a very, um, I think one of, one of the things we tried to do is, is keep things simple. And uh, which I know is a, is a hoopa grading core value. And uh, to make sure that we used words that have a lot of meaning to everybody and uh, that we can talk about without having to, to, to become, you know, to, uh, too elaborate in, in our uh, definitions. I think you did a great job, and I think you hit the nail on the head there because the the vision statement speaks to uh, your ability to take risk, to push the envelope, uh, to go after innovation in in our space, but also be thinking about the the big picture and yeah. the sustainability of the business and the relationship. So I think you capture both of that. That's really cool how you did that. Speak about the innovation yeah. uh, and, and specifically in regards to the technology, because yeah. as you know, and uh, Carolina Cat knows, technology is the love language of this next generation it of is. construction workers. How have you guys been able to incorporate that technology to elevate your products above your competitors? Yeah. Yeah. So if you think about technology, it's, it's many things, right? Technology is data. It's information. Technology is, is how you do business through new digital channels. So if you think about buying something on Amazon instead of buying something from the store, that's technology. Technology is knowing where your machine is um, and it's a connected asset, whether it's a car with OnStar or a piece of construction equipment that, that you can identify on a job site. Um, and, and those are all the things that I think not just our industry, but other industries are all racing towards, you know, digital, e-commerce, connectivity, the internet of things, all of those things are, are, are not specific to construction. But as we think about construction, we think about technology, there's a few areas that we're really, really focused on and, and Caterpillar is as well. Um, so the first is product health. So if we think about health as uptime, as we think about health as uh, the ability to predict future uptime. So is this machine going to break down when I least expect it? 
and is it going to cause downtime? Um, so that that's a big focus of technology. So not just connecting the the equipment, but really understanding what the information that comes off the equipment is telling us about current health and about future health. Uh, so then the other one is I know that 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 you know hoopla grading and 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 the, the the industry is built around is also productivity, right? For companies such as as hoopla grading to be able to complete projects on time and on budget. So what does productivity mean? And and that's another big focus area for us. Productivity is asset productivity. Is my machine productive? Is it moving a lot of dirt? Then labor force productivity, right? Hoopla grading has hundreds of employees and as do other contractors. How can we help and how can technology help enable our labor force, our employees to be more productive? And then ultimately, um, productivity is the combination of the information that we can take off of the machines to support the entire job site. Because a lot of things have to happen before you guys move a yard of dirt or, or, or dig a hole. Uh, there's a lot of pre-construction. There's a lot of estimating, a lot of design work. So how can we use information and data and technology to support the entire job site and not just the, you know, what the machine does once it gets there? It's incredible. Incredible. And you're, you're exactly right. That information is key. It's not only is it predictive and, and being able to identify a problem before it becomes a problem, but it's also key to being able to bid the jobs, to, to be able to right size the jobs, have the right equipment out there, the right people out there. So what has been the biggest challenge with the technology and implementing that technology? And how far does this go? I mean, are, we, are these machines going to be running themselves? <laughs> Uh, I do think so. I think we're starting to see, you know, some some industries are are usually leading where where the investments that that are required can be paid back um, uh, sooner, given how much this stuff is really costing right now. So if you look at some of the really big mining companies across the world, they've been able to make that transition to autonomy, and and, and you literally see like a, a mine site with 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 huge rigid frame trucks running autonomously. And it's, it's, it's really amazing to see. And I think slowly, I think that's the, the transition that we're going to have within our industry. But, um, it, you know, your, your question about, so how do we do all that, right? How do we get ready for it? I think there are a few capabilities and, and, and adaptability is one of them. And I think our industry is, is ripe for technology. You know, you look around us and, and really construction, we're just now getting to this technology renaissance. We're just now getting to a lot of big data and automation and, and all these things that, that we really haven't had um, a, lot of, a lot of involvement in. So our, our job is to learn, it's to stay current, and it's to really keep things simple and translate something that's complicated into an outcome. So what does this let me do? What do I get from this? And, and how do I train people? How do I develop people to really take advantage of it? Because I think... You know, it's, it's like anything else. You open a box and you've got this fancy thing. If you don't know how to use it, 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 it may be nice, but you don't get any value out of it. So that's really our role is to help educate ourselves, help educate our industry, and ultimately use technology to help solve problems. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. It's, it, it's exciting. It's a little scary, but it's great that you guys have found a way to, to explore the technology side of the business as a service to your clients and yeah. how they can better uh, prepare and they can better uh, do the jobs that they're asked to do. So you're blazing a trail, you're going out, you're being innovative, you're implementing this new technology. How do you maintain this for the next 95 years? What is, what is the secret? How does Carolina cat, uh, what, how are you built to last? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So as I think about 
how do we bring our strategy to life? There, there's a few different elements. Um, so, so the, the, the one that, that I know will resonate quite well is, is values, right? So this is how we get to where we want to go. So our values are, are what we believe in. It's, it's how we behave. It's, it's, it's really how we make decisions. So part of that is our core values. And, and that's what keeps us focused on the details because we get the details right. That's one of them. That's how we do what we say. So when we make a commitment, how we honor that commitment um, and several key other values. Um, but, but, but the other way um, is, and I should probably back up um, and, and, and mention in addition to our vision of trailblazing built to last, we also have a purpose. So it's why we're here, right? It's like, why do we do what we do? Um, and our purpose is, is really, really simple. And it's, but it's really, I think it's really powerful. And that's to be a partner in your success. So what does that mean? So we have a lot of stakeholders. We have shareholders. We have employees without which we don't have a company. We have customers without which we don't have a business. And we have manufacturers without which we don't have a product to distribute. So as we think about a partner in your success and a trusted partner in your success, it applies to our customers, it applies to our employees and, and all of our stakeholders. So that's one of the ways that we think about staying relevant is really becoming a partner and remaining a partner to all of the people and all the stakeholders and, and all of the, the relationships that we represent. So as we think about the next 95 years, the next 100 years, uh, we could probably put our heads together and design some kind of crazy vision of, of everything running by itself and, and you know computers making all the decisions. But ultimately, to get to that point, we have to maintain our trusted partnerships. We have to take risks together. We have to have each other's backs. And I think that's how we get there. And I think, you know, there's some things that we will learn together. We'll learn from our customers and near term, the biggest thing that we're focused on is really understanding more about how our customers define their own success. Because if you think about our business model, we distribute products and we've been a pretty product product um, focused organization which means we, we know what our products do. We, we understand the specs, the horsepower, how big of a hole our machine can dig or how many yards of dirt our truck can move. But ultimately, that's not why our customers make investments in equipment. It's, it's not to dig a hole. It's to reach an outcome. It's to complete a job site on time, on budget, to keep employees safe, to keep employees productive, to retain employees. And we, we feel that one of the ways we want to stay relevant is to get closer to how our customers define success, really understand it better. And, and, and make sure that what we're doing is enabling outcomes and not just, you know, providing a product. I'm so glad you circled back to that and brought that back up because that right there is it in a nutshell. That is the secret to making it 95 years and making it another 95 years. It's not, it's the why. It's, it's, it's not selling a product. It's being a part of the customer's success, identifying their pains, their issues, and helping them to solve that. And yeah. that's how you create a sustainable organization. So I'm so glad you went back to that. That um, Thank you for sharing with us a little bit about the yeah. company. I understand it a lot better and because you, you've got this triangle. You've got Caterpillar. You've got Carolina Tractor and Equipment, and then you've got Carolina Cat. And I understand that uh, much better now. Now I want to talk about you and how you got here a little bit. So... Tell me, I, I want to pull this up because, Mike, you know what we do here at the Give Us a Dirt podcast. We, we, we're pretty good at locating some pictures. Oh um, so I want to pull this up and see if you recognize any of these. You recognize that guy? <laughs> 
who are those people? Yeah. I see a trend. You're a fan of horses. <laughs> yeah. What I love most about it is that I, you and this horse have the same haircut in this one right here. You know, this, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm glad you said something about hair because uh, the one trend I see is there's less and less of it. As well, the years progress. I, that happens. That happens. I, I understand that one well. But these are great <laughs> pictures. But man, this tell me, this guy right here, uh, this young buck right here. What what did he want to do? What was the what was the plan? Uh, I don't think that guy had a plan back then. I think the plan was to not fall off this horse and uh, while the picture was taken. And uh, it's it's interesting. So I was born in Russia. And that picture is actually taken, uh, taken at a park uh, outside of Moscow where I was born and where I lived. And uh, I lived there for, uh, for seven years before uh, coming this way. So that, that's where that picture was taken. And uh, I don't remember what I was thinking, but I'm sure it was something about this is a really awkward position. And I don't know why they're making me pose like that. <laughs> I love that. And, and so tell me about the truck at the bottom here. I recognize this from uh, my Mark Marietta days. Yeah. But this is, uh, this yeah. is a big one. So um, my first job out of college was with Caterpillar Inc. And um, I went to work for Cat through, it was a, um, it was called the marketing training class and management training program. Um, and part of, part of the duty that we had as a, as a marketing trainee was to support what's called um, spring training. It's a, it's a regional training, spring training. It's, it's what Caterpillar does to help educate dealers and, and, and dealer, um, the dealer sales force. So uh, my job in support of uh, the, the, rigid frame tr uh, the rigid frame truck training, so these trucks, uh, the way they start is, through, is with compressed air. So because the, the, the motor is so big, there's not a, a, a starter big enough using you know, stored power to, to start these things. So there's this big compressor, this big air tank. And, um, when the truck's running, it, it, it pressurizes this tank. And then when the truck's off, you release a bunch of air. That's what gets the, that's what turns the, turns the motor over. So my job was to make sure when the truck idled down to go climb back in the truck and to just touch the throttle a little bit to get it to idle back up. So the air compressor kept charging. It was a really, really big job. So so that's what that picture of is of is um I think I was maybe we ran out of air or something I was trying to roll start it. <laughs> I was is it, I didn't know if you were trying to keep it from moving forward yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, also uh safety's come a long way in the in the uh 15 years or so that was taken uh taken. Oh, you know the the just the size of this stuff yeah. is is impressive. I remember the first time uh as I was a kid my dad took me and I got to sit in the equipment and there's just there's something nostalgic about sitting in this big equipment and, and seeing the size of it and I mean we're playing with these toys as little kids yeah. and for you this is your job now this is yeah you this get is, to play with these toys all day long so how did you make that transition right and and so that makes a lot more sense you were born in Russia which I saw in your profile that you minored in Russian studies and I was thinking why would anyone minor in Russian studies well yeah. now I understand it's kind of a freebie yeah yeah <laughs> that was that was so how do you how do you make the transition into the construction world yeah um do you remember growing up reading those choose your own adventure books and it's like you know if you do this turn to page it was kind of like that um so as I was uh as I was getting ready to graduate um went to school at North Carolina State, um, and, uh, you know, companies would come on campus and do on-campus recruiting events, on-campus interviews, 
And Caterpillar was one of those companies. The, the chairman at the time of Caterpillar, Jim Owens, um, had completed some undergraduate and graduate work at NC State. So Cat had had a presence on campus. And uh, I, I remember I had some business school classes in the Caterpillar classroom. So I was familiar with the brand. Obviously, the, you know, the, 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 cool, the cool equipment, that's about all I knew about it. And really haven't had any, hadn't had any exposure into the construction world up until that point. And um, it was, uh, I just, I remember my interview was a guy named Mike Haas who uh, retired from Caterpillar about five years ago. And um, I just remember listening to him talk about what the products do and what Caterpillar is all about and, and the global nature of the business. And I just remember being blown away by, you know, in the world of, you know, financial engineering and derivatives and, and, and marketing and all these things, like here's a tangible product that's that works all across the world that builds the world and i just remember being fascinated by how tangible the product was and and what the product does and i just i was i was just i was fascinated by the magnitude of that and um i loved loved the guy mike and i trusted him and so we kind of came together and i ended up in peoria um in the marketing training class that's incredible. They were, they, so they were blazing trails back then. They were recruiting out of NC State from <laughs> Russian yeah. studies minors. Taking uh, chances. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, all right, NC State, if you had to pick one, Duke or Carolina? Uh, Carolina. Really? I, 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 and I know that there's a, a listener or, you know, a hundred that I've just uh, I frustrated, but I grew up in Chapel Hill. So I, I have a little, a little bit of loyalty to Carolina over Duke. I really didn't expect you to pick one, but you did. So okay, you probably well, we'll did. Just, we'll just cut that right out of the interview. <laughs> I love that you did. I love that you did. All right. So tell me a little bit more. This is where we get into the dirt, Mike. Yeah. I want you to, we want to hear your story and tell me, so you've been almost, well, no, how many years, uh, 20 years in the construction industry? Uh, so right? since 2004. So, uh, yeah, so close to it. So yeah. how, uh, Talk about the people that have been the biggest influences in your career. Yeah. So, so there are a few and, 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 and I know, you know, this, you know, one of the incredible things about our industry is, is the relationships we build, the people we come across. And I think every relationship, every interaction, you can learn something, right? And if, if you pay attention and you listen, you can really, you can really learn from how people act, how people behave, what their beliefs are. Um, so I've been really, really fortunate this, just to be in this industry and be around the, the incredible people that, 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 that represent this industry. And I've had a few. Um, and I'd be remiss if, if I didn't mention. So I've been, I've been at Carolina Cap for 10 years. And in today's world, it's, it's, it's an eternity, right? For today's generation of, 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 of leaders, it's, um, I'm fortunate to, to be able to have had the kind of career and the kind of challenges that I have and one of the reasons that that I've been here, and one of the reasons I've uh, I, I love this company so much, is is our owner, and it's the not just the the legacy and the heritage that that he represents in the family, but how he views the world, how he behaves, how he leads our company, and and I consider him one of the the, the key most influential mentors in my life. And Ed, um, and you know, so Ed, for our listeners that that don't know the owner, who is. Yeah. So Ed Wiziger is, is our owner. Ed's our third generation uh, dealer principal, our, 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 our president. And um, Ed's dad, um, Ed Sr., is still in the business and still comes by uh, almost every day. And uh, I think he could tell you every machine that's being repaired in our shop right now. And it's, uh, it's incredible. 
Uh, so Ed Jr. has led our company for quite some time. And, um, you know, Ed, Ed is, is a values-based principal man. Um, and, but, but that's not really the thing that I think that that's incredible about him. And, um, I think what's amazing is, is his belief that there's a few things that I really feel for me have been most impactful. The first is that his belief that we can, and we should challenge the status quo. And we can always, uh, always think about a, a different and better answer. And one of our core values is improve always. And I think that's really, when I think about Ed, and that's one of the things I really think about him about. Uh, I think the other is uh, that, <clears throat> I think the other is, is a belief that whatever we set our minds to, we can get done. And it's powerful. And you guys have done it here. Our industry has done it. But it's truly being convicted in your beliefs and having this belief that that what we put our mind to as a company, we can get done. And we keep proving that ourselves that to ourselves over and over and over again. And then the, 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 the last part I'd mention is that um, Ed's belief that to be an effective leader, you have to work on yourself first. And, and that's been an inspiration to the leaders around him and to me. And, and it's really this lifelong journey of, of um, kind of self understanding, self awareness and self improvement to, allow us to then be better leaders and, and, and to, to make, to be a better, better partners, you know, to, to the teams that we represent. So, um, I, I think, um, I think, uh, that's, uh, I was going to say that's that in a nutshell, there's, there's more to it, but those are really the things that have, for me have been, um, have been life altering and life changing in a positive way. Well, those are three great lessons. Um, for anyone, whether you're in the construction industry or not. And I think my favorite of those that you just mentioned was challenging the status quo, uh, especially in our industry. You hear all the time people talking about it's just the way it's always been done. Yeah. And we get in this ro routine of just doing things over and over because it's the way it's always been done, but it doesn't have to be that way. That's and, right. And, you know, we need to challenge the status quo. We need to be innovative. We need to blaze trails yeah. and to find new ways to do it. And I think you guys have done that well. So what do you say to that young man or woman that's, uh, that's graduating right now with a degree in Russian studies <laughs> that is considering getting into the construction industry? What do you, what do you tell them? Yeah. So th there, there are a few, I think, um, lessons I've learned along the way. And there, there are a few things that I would, I, I would want to impart on, on somebody just graduating and really thinking about the choices they make for, for their career. The first is this is not the dirty industry that people think that it is, you know, come join our industry, come bring your talent, come bring your ambitions to our industry. Um, our industry, we talked about this, our industry is high tech, our industry is sophisticated. Our industry is really helping build the world. Come, come be a part of that. Don't, 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 don't worry about, you know, getting dirty and you know, that, that what you do for a living is, is in the dirt. The other one is, you know, we, we talked a little bit about innovation and change. And, um, what I would say is the pace of change is not going to slow down. And the, the, this concept of challenging the status quo, that's the way of today. That's the way of the future. And it's only going to speed up. The rate of change is only going to increase. So I would just say that bring your desire to learn, not just while you're in your first few years, but forever, because that's really what we're committing to as leaders and, and being in this industry is lifelong learning and continuing to be adaptable because the world's coming at us pretty fast and we can't just kind of sit by and let it come to us. We have to uh, contribute to that change. So um, that's the other thing I'd say. And then the last one is, is you know, 
learn from those around you and, and pay attention. And, and, um, I've made so many mistakes that I wish I could, you know, keep someone from making as I've, as I've, uh, grown and, and, you know, one of the best ways to learn is by just understanding what, what successes and what failures people have had. So, um, that would be the, the third bit of advice. And also, uh, I'd say glad you didn't go to Duke or Carolina. Great one. Great yeah. one. Yeah. So I love that, Mike, that, you know, here you are 20 years into your, uh, career with Carolina cat. Um, and you've been able to be uh, successful and achieve all the goals that you've wanted to achieve because you followed the direction of someone that that poured into you. You know, you had Ed Jr. that really taught you, you know, to challenge the status quo, um, to um, to uh, that you can achieve whatever you set your mind to, and then to work on yourself first. So you get these three nuggets that have really molded you into the person that you are today. And then now you have, you've got your own knowledge, you've got your own experience, and you've been able to extend that wisdom to others that are considering a, uh, a career in construction too. So I love the evolution of this story. I love the fact that you're still feeding into others the way people have fed into you. So one last question, I want you to tell us, what can we expect from Carolina Cat over the next five, 10 years? How are you guys going to look different? Yeah. Uh, first I'd say is you should, you should expect a lot, right? Because for us to be a trusted partner, we should deliver a lot and we really have to, um, hold ourselves to the same standards that, 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 um, our customers hold us to. But what you should expect, um, is, is our ability as a partner and as a servant to the industry to help bring these elements that we talked about a little bit today together. So these, these, these outcomes, productivity, product health employee success measures into some offerings, into some solutions. So what that means is we transition from iron to outcomes for our customers. We transition from providing products to providing and enabling success and successful successful outcomes for our customers. So that's what you should expect from us is to really to add more value. Um, and, and the way we do that is, is first by truly understanding our customers deeper um, than, than we have already. And, and we're fortunate to have the relationships and the trusted partnerships to enable us to do that. Um, and as, as, as you think about what skill sets we bring, as you think about what talent we have on our team, um, you, you've met a lot of our really talented folks and it's going to be, it's going to be more of that. It's, it's, it's experts in these, in these outcomes of productivity and, and product health and predictive, you know, predictive analytics and, and job site expertise that truly, you know, again, help us define our success by the way you define your success and our customers do. So for anyone that's listening and they're wondering, how do I build an organization that can last for 95 years and beyond? I think you just got the secret formula right there. And that is, I'm going I'm to try to, if I mess this up, you correct me. You'll now. do it better. I'll, I'll write down what you say. Understanding your client's needs, delivering the products that create solutions, which ultimately drive value. And I think that's that's the secret to success, and that's the secret to Carolina Cat. Mike, thank you so of much course, for Brandon. being with yeah, us today and sharing honor. your story and giving us the dirt. <laughs> Glad to be here, and thank you for the opportunity again. This is an awesome, awesome thing that you guys have built here and just really fortunate to be part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.